Welcome back to Grit, Grace, and Coffee Grinds. This is your host, Anna McCutcheon, and you're listening to episode 48. What we are currently seeing and experiencing in our world today is the aftermath of a 50-year organized strategic attack on the Church of America. Political podiums and gospel pulpits were once used for standing against the enemy, speaking truth to the masses, and protecting it with laws penned into existence by men of God who feared not for their very life. God's own soldiers can no longer speak truth without sounding harsh, cruel, radical, or even foolish and absent-minded. Listen, soldier, the truth, it matters to God, and so it must matter to us. We need to stand, speak the truth, regain ground, and protect our rights, our families, with tenacious ferocity. We are here to talk about the truth, the nitty-gritty truth, the good, the bad, the ugly truth. Listen in. I tend to see and understand spiritual warfare with the lenses of Hollywood and the media. And what I mean by that is I look at spiritual warfare just like a physical battle in the sense that there are months of planning and months of strategizing and training, and then there's a huge battle that rages between the forces of good and evil. We don't see much day-to-day fighting, just big battles that are won or lost and then go down in the history books as a failure or a success. These larger, strategically planned out battles that turn into full-blown wars, sometimes, are a piece of spiritual warfare, but they are not the whole puzzle. Our daily battles are won or lost in the kitchen and in the bedroom. They are fought when we are speaking with our neighbor and shopping for groceries. Basically, our battles are won at any time when we can deny self. The bigger battles we fight and engage in are great when it comes to strengthening our faith and giving us the courage to keep going back on our knees. But the most common form of spiritual warfare is in an individual's life on the daily, simply doing the next right thing from the motivation of love for Jesus Christ. As I mentioned earlier, this is always a challenge for me. The lie that has entrapped me many a time is, I believe that I only need Jesus for things that I cannot do physically. So I cannot win souls for Jesus. He has to win that person's life over. So I witness and then I pray and ask him to do that. I cannot possibly talk everyone into going to the mission field, and so I just bow out from that one too and ask him to send laborers into his field. I cannot save myself from sin. I need him to do that for me. But what I think I can do are things like, I can keep my marriage together just fine and be a great supportive wife without Jesus' help. I can write a podcast without Jesus' help, and I can be an active church member and participate or serve without his help because I've done it for so long. I can definitely respond to an email or reply to a text message without asking God 
first because I know exactly what I should say. I can get dressed and do the dishes and fold the clothes by myself without asking for help because why would I need Jesus to help me fold laundry? Why do I need Jesus for things that I can do? Well, let's try on some truth from John 15 again, shall we? Verse 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Nothing! 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 I was complaining to my pastor the other day that I always feel like I'm in one-sided relationships. I'm the one that has to apologize, or I am the one that has to be the bigger person, or I'm the one that always makes the time to call or check on certain friends. And he said, of course you do. We all feel like we're in one-sided relationships. Do you know who else feels like they're in a one-sided relationship? Jesus. How often do we go days, weeks, or sometimes months without having a conversation with him? He's always there, and he's always wanting to teach us something and we could care less. We do not make him a priority, and we do not make time for our relationship with him and growing in grace. Wow, he was right. Jesus is in a one-sided relationship with all of us at one time or another. It's not that I don't want Jesus around. I just truly believe the lie that I can do some things without him. And the truth is... Wait for it. Ha, I cannot. <laughs> Surprise. If I genuinely desire to bear fruit for the kingdom, if I want to love on God because of all the love he poured out on me, if I want my tasks and my everyday chores and my friendships to bear fruit for the kingdom, I must ask him for help. I must bring him in and I must acknowledge his presence. The nitty gritty truth is this. Every moment is a win or a loss for Christ. Without me, ye can do nothing. I'm not saying you need to stop and pray for three to five minutes about what to make for dinner tonight. I am saying to acknowledge his presence. Hey, Jesus, what should I make for dinner tonight? If you don't have known sin in your life and you're clean before Jesus, he's going to tell you exactly what to make for dinner. Hey, Jesus, what do you want me to wear today? If you truly desire to know and your motivation is pure, he will tell you. I have learned this from personal experience. God cares about my wardrobe. He cares about what I wear and how I represent him. God, what movie do you want us to watch? Or do you want us to watch one at all? Again, if your motive is pure and your desire is to love on him and obey him, he will give you an answer. And in other news, for those of you who don't actively follow politics or the news, I just want to share with you an amazing outcome from the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court officially overturned Roe v. Wade. Can I get an amen? That's right. They gave it back to the states. 
praise God Almighty, a win for heaven. Each state can choose whether to protect life or not. Thirteen states in our great country had laws already penned in by their legislature to ban abortion. These laws would become active 30 days from when Roe v. Wade was overturned. But don't stop praying. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop fasting. Soldier, don't you dare let your guard down. Now is the time when we actively take this stronghold. It's right now. God gave us a victory to reignite our faith and boost our courage. It was not a permission slip to go sit on the bench and relax our guard. The enemy and all of his minions are about to wreak some serious havoc on the praying church. Speak truth to your flesh. Stand your ground. Guard your wall. And start asking God for help in everything that you do. Slay your flesh while you're folding clothes. And it will be easier to slay the flesh on the bigger battlefields. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Grit, Grace, and Coffee Grinds. If you'd like to connect beyond the podcast, I post weekly to Instagram. We can find me at author Anna McCutcheon. And you can also find me over at AnnaMcCutcheon.com. We can provide a transcript for each episode. So if you know someone who either can't hear or prefers reading to listening, simply head on over to AnnaMcCutcheon.com slash about and send us a quick note asking for the episode that hits your fancy and it will be sent to you. Soldier, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.